Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Mixed Messages with Jeff Bogue. My name is Joe Caruso, and I'll be your host as we dig into today's topic. Well, from news sources to comedians, from friends to advertisements, it seems everyone has an idea of how we should think and live and make decisions. But when everyone disagrees, how can we cut through the noise? How do we sift through all that information overload and choose what governs our lives? While we pray and process these things, we want to offer a resource to navigate some of the day's most pressing topics and questions. Jeff, you up for that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm tired. That's, that's fantastic. I'm tired this afternoon. And Tom Brady retired, so it made me feel old. Yeah, I mean, you're like, you know, you're like older than him, and therefore, if he retired, maybe I, you should retire. I, sh- I should go out on top. Yeah, I absolutely. All you gotta go do is win top. the Super Bowl this year, and you can go out on top. Done. All right. Handled. Settled. Making it happen. Very cool. I know it is interesting whenever I look at athletes, and I'm like, you know, they retire at all these ages, and I'm like, so young. Obviously, they, a lot of them go do something else, but I can't imagine being like, I'm, and I'm, I just turned forty, so I can't imagine being having been done with my career for the last five years for the normal person. You know, it's just crazy. It's hard to believe you're 40, Joe. You look 60. Yeah, thanks very much. I appreciate that. <laughs> Don't look a day. Well, that goes back to our conversation a couple of weeks ago where I was passing for high school at third grade. So yeah, that's just right. Par for the course. above my pay grade. Yeah, so I think good. I always have looked like on pace for how old I am. Like, I never looked younger. I don't look wildly older. I'm just like, like I'm 51, and people are like, yes, that's about right. We should have tested that, and before you just said your age, we should have had people submit, like, well, how old do you think Jeff how is? Let's test yeah, this. But right. he just gave you the hint, so. I am I am 67. You 51? You don't look a day over 70. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's really, really good. Uh, yeah, it's one of the things that I have found, because... So going all the way back to when we were doing virtual stuff during the pandemic and the shutdown and all that kind of stuff, I was doing a lot of like virtual lobby things for the church and a lot of like pre-service video stuff. And then obviously if they see my mixed messages, and one of the things I would get from people all the time is like, you're a lot taller than I expected. (laughs) (laughs) So they'd see me on screen and then like, you know, the average height of a male is like 5'9", the average height of a female and is like 5'3", I think, or something like that. And they're like, oh, you're like well over six foot. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. Sorry to disappoint. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Very, very good. Well, uh, Jeff, we have a submitted question today, believe it or not. Uh, that's how this rolls around here. It's so good. This one's a little touchy, um, but that's kind of how we roll on mixed messages. So uh, they say, so we're part of the church, right? Mm-hmm. And so that uh, the context of this question, I'm pretty sure they mean like, the church, the, the the spiritual church, all of God's people that are following Jesus, you're born into it. You're now a child of God from the moment we begin to follow Jesus. Their question is, so all of it? <laughs> all of the church, the cringy parts, the embarrassing parts, the over-the-top, I totally disagree with you parts, crusades, slavery, abuses, scandal, like... That's what we're a part of now? Like, how, how does that work? That's a great question. Um, the Are you a part of it? Well, here's my answer to that question. Depends. So, <laughs> And that's it, it for our episode today. Yeah. No. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Mixed Messages. This is 51-year-old Jeff Bogue saying. Um, it depends, because um, a lot of the things that a lot of times people call themselves the church, and they're not. Oh, interesting. So um, uh, it depends. So you have to be very careful with that title, right? So 
um, we know we're just joking around about Tom Brady, and um, it's kind of like looking and saying, um, you know, uh, if I'm a football player. Like, I didn't play football because I have a high IQ, but, like, Joe played football. What? <laughs> um, and if you said, uh, I'm a football player, and uh, and Joe's like, well, I'm a football player, I'm like, are we talking about Tom Brady then? Mm. Like, we're talking about the exact same thing. Now, that is performance level. What, what I'm saying is this. There are people who call themselves Christ followers and who would call themselves or title themselves the church, that if you looked at the biblical definition of the church and the biblical standard of the church, Jesus, I don't believe, would qualify them as the church. Mm. So if you're saying, am I a part of um, people who... Uh, uh, are in the KKK and burn a cross and call themselves Christians on our uh, devout racists, are that, is that the same as like me who's struggling to be a good husband and father and uh, trying to follow Jesus? I'm like, nope, that's not the same thing. Because they hijack the term the church, they hijack the name of Jesus, and they hijack the cause of Jesus for their own selfish ends and desires. Mm-hmm. So um, I would look at a lot of things like that. Like I would see no uh, New Testament reference at all, which is how the church, where the church was born in the New Testament, and the governance and the um, purpose and mission of the church would have been defined in in the New Testament, right? So Jesus started the church on the day of Pentecost. When I look at Jesus starting the church, why he did it, what he was trying to accomplish through it, what he told us to do, and how he told us to function, I cannot find the Crusades in that. (laughs) Absolutely. So I I don't take ownership for that. Um, I cannot find slavery in that. Nope. Um, uh, Was there slavery in the New Testament? Yes, but Jesus was talking about what was he was not talking about how it should be right right so he was kind of talking pre- censure in this situation kind of a thing um so i don't find sex abuse in that i don't find um uh, scandals in that i don't find prosperity preachers in that who are uh um using the name of jesus and using uh the construct of the church for their own personal desires in fact with that one, you're going to find that the Apostle Paul and others uh, say that the number one sign of a false teacher is they use the gospel for their own personal gain. Right. So you would actually find them uh, rebuked in the New Testament. So uh, the answer to that is, is in some ways no, because that's not the true church. Um, that is not the directives or the teaching or the intention of Jesus. Um, that stuff has been abused, um, it has been hijacked, and it has been used to hurt people. And, and we could go into a whole plethora of examples of what that is and what that looks like. Now, so I, I am not a part of that. Now, let me say yes also to that, because if you're talking about sinful people who are in humility, trying to follow Jesus, and they're bad at it. Right. Then the answer is yes. So I believe that there are Christ uh, following people who struggle with addictions. Sure. There are genuine followers of Jesus Christ who have had affairs, who have committed sin, uh, who have done 
uh, horrific things and then found Christ afterwards, but they're doing life in prison. Um, I think the church has made mistakes. Hmm. Um, I think the church has uh, scandals and abuses that happen within it, where one or two people within a group of, say, one or two hundred do something horrible and sinful, and, and it affects how that whole institution is viewed. Yeah. Right? So if there's an abuse scandal within a church, it doesn't mean everybody within that church is an abuser. Right. It means that pastor, that priest, that predator yep. uh, abuse. Is that pastor, priest, predator going to heaven? I'm like, I don't, that's a different conversation. But in, in nowhere do they represent no. uh, Jesus' heart and mind on those kind of things. I think, um, I think there are scandals, and then I think there are mistakes. Um, you know, I think churches can make financial mistakes. I think churches can um, uh, get caught up in cultural beliefs that have to be corrected. We see that in the Bible. Uh, where Peter, for a, a, a chunk of time, was convinced you had to become Jewish in order to be a Christian, right? And the Apostle Paul had to correct him. So I think that um, there are people who are taught wrong. Uh, slavery is an example of that, where there were slave owners who would have called on the name of Christ, but then the true church called them out and called them to repentance, and they released their slaves, repented of their sin, right? So there are changed people. There are people who've had a bad past and a bad history, but the mark of the true church is that they call you to the true gospel, and the mark of the true Christ follower is they adhere to the true gospel, and they repent of and walk away from or change their direction because they want to know and love and follow follow Jesus. So, yes, you are a part of that. Yeah. And praise God you are, because to different degrees, that's true of every one of us who wants to know and love and follow Jesus. Right. No, um, uh, I am not uh, this, the same person as, um, as a televangelist. Right. And uh, I look at that person, and I would rebuke them and say, you are a false prophet. Um, not everybody who claims the name of Jesus is teaching the truth. Uh, Mormons mm-hmm. do not teach a pure gospel of Jesus Christ. They teach salvation by works. And so I'm like, no, we're not this. They, they, they would say, I'm a follower of Jesus. And I would say, you're not. I love you. You're a wonderfully nice person, but you're not because you've, per- you've produced a false gospel. So that's kind of the delineation of it. And so I won't allow myself to be thrown into that. It's very offensive to me. Sure. Um, when, um, and I'll, I'll kind of stick up for myself and for the church a little bit. When people say, um, uh, you know, the church is just full of sex abusers. I'm like, do you say that to every teacher? Right. Because there's a bunch of that. Do you say that to... Well, you break it et down cetera, to the individual basis. A lot of that stuff falls apart, and we have to. We just have to be careful in general not to over associate things with groups right. of people. I, for instance, I have alcoholics in my family, um, and it's a plurality. There's a there's a few of them. Um, to assume then that 
I'm an alcoholic would be completely false. Right. Um, I, and a matter of fact, because of that history, I am very careful about the frequency at which I even let alcohol touch my lips, let alone how much I have when I do. It's, it's a very, and so if you were like, well, Caruso's are all alcoholics, I'm like, that's just not true. And partly, probably no one would make that accusation to me because they get that. Yeah. So you bring that to the larger level. We have to be careful not to let that happen institutionally. And you would stick up for it. You know, we we have this this uh, young man who was beat to death by five police officers down in Memphis. Right. You don't look and say every cop is corrupt. Right. That's not true. Right. So I think it's very appropriate when you when there is sin, when there is scandal, when there is abuse within any church is very appropriate, and I would actually say God-honoring, mm-hmm. to call that out for what that is. Um, to, to be honest and say, those five cops made cops look bad? I'm like, yeah, they did. 100%, sure. To go accuse a cop who is trying to serve and love and give his life for his community, that's wildly unfair. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to stick up for that guy. I'm like, no, that's absolutely not. Because when I dial 911, that guy comes running for me, or right. that woman comes running for me, right? So there's like that side of it. Mm-hmm. Like, is, is policing a corrupt organization? I'm like, no. But like, the Nazis corrupted policing. Mm-hmm. It's, you're talking about two completely different things. And so when you look back on the history of the church, I'm like, right, the Nazis corrupted the church, too. <laughs> um, lots of people have corrupted the church. Mm-hmm. Lots of people have, um, in the name of Jesus and in the name of the church, lived purposely hypocritical and horribly evil lives. Right. The true church is not that. Yeah. The true church is sinners who are imperfect, who welcome the uh, the confrontation of their sin, mm-hmm. who work out their salvation with fear and trembling. So like when Paul and Peter were having the, the, the disagreement about circumcision, they're both trying to figure out exactly what it means to follow Jesus. Like right. that's a healthy dialogue. Peter was kind of humble enough to accept that he was wrong. And um, that's a different conversation altogether. So I'm a part of that. I'm a part of a family that genuinely loves Christ, works really hard to love each other, and is wildly dysfunctional on personal levels. Yep. Well, even <laughs> and though... I love them, and I'm actually proud of that family. Absolutely. Man, I couldn't echo that strongly enough. We go back a couple of our episodes ago, and we talked about the idea that like deep down aren't all people good, and of course we debunked that, so go back and listen to that if you missed it. But that actually is an interesting segue into this conversation because no grouping of people is going to be uncorrupt. That's right. So we are sinners, churches trying, trying to serve a perfect God. One hundred percent, and it goes all the way through. Your football team is full of, you know, idiotic actions. Your 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 police forces. You mentioned that. It's like, yeah, you're going to have some that make a terrible name for the police. You might even be able to find a department that's like, man, it seems like everybody in that department. Legitimately, I know them. They're all. It's like, right? You're going to have bad examples of everything. Everything. Teachers, PTAs, you name it. You're always going to have corruption in all of these things. We can't help it. We're human. And so, 
we if we're taking that angle of like, well, every organization I know is perfect. These few seem to be imperfect. We're already like warping and setting ourselves up for disappointment wildly. Yeah. So I want to go back uh, for a second here to um, when you talked about like the false church, um, mm-hmm. things like the Crusades, et cetera. How do you engage those conversations with people that don't understand the difference between the um, the institution, the organization of the church and the spiritual church? So for instance, an unbeliever, and especially one that would be cynical, would say like, well, that's a cop-out, that that's not you're not associated with that. Um, so how, how do you have that conversation with someone if they're just thinking to themselves, you just don't want to own up to the history of what you're a part of? I didn't say I wasn't... I didn't say you didn't associate with it. I mm-hmm. said I didn't associate with it. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's... there's um, it, it, in every arena of life, and if you were an, uh, even a cynic and a critic um, who said... Um, uh, I associate you with that. You're making an accusation with me. I could look at you, group you into somebody, and make an accusation about you. So it's just unfair, and sure. it, it's counterproductive. If somebody's doing that and they're not open-minded and willing to talk with you, you're probably just wasting your time. Sure. So I, I understand that I get associated with it. I understand that if there's a cross on it or Jesus is tied to it, that somehow that's going to throw shade on me and and I can't do anything about it. What I won't do is I won't apologize for things that I don't believe in and have never propagated in my life. Mm. So um, if you looked at me and said, you're a male, so you're responsible for oppressing women, I would be like, no, I'm not. Mm. (laughs) I'm a male, I agree. I've never oppressed any woman in my life, and I, I won't accept responsibility for that. That's an accusation. Now, if you said to me, you're a man and you don't always understand what it's like to be a woman, I would say, you're right. Mm-hmm. You should tell me more about that. My my wife, my daughter, my sisters, and my female friends who love me will inform me when I'm being clueless or callous, and I'll accept that and try to change, because I don't want them to feel that way. I love 100%, them. 100%, absolutely, right? yeah. Uh-huh. So I'll take an, I, I won't take an, a false accusation. I will take input. Sure. And so um, I give you an example of this. <clears throat> um, there's a there's people right now out in uh, the world that would say, "Well, you're a Christian, so you hate gay people." Uh. I don't hate gay people. I've never I've never said that once. I have a friend who comes to, to Grace every week, and he's he uh, is same sex attracted, and he said to me, he goes, "Jeff, I, I'll never forget this. I'm so grateful for him." He looked, he said, "You make this joke." And in the gay community, that's really belittling and hurtful. Mm. I'm like, I didn't know that. And I said to him, I said, thank you for telling me that. I don't, I don't want to belittle or hurt somebody. Sure, yeah. I, I had no idea because I can't relate to that community, right. and I'm not a part of it. So he is a brother in Christ mm-hmm. who's striving for purity and godliness in his life, he talked to his brother in Christ, and he's like, hey, you hurt me. Mm-hmm. So if you said to me, um, Jeff, you don't understand what it's like to be a, a single, uh, same-sex attracted man in this world, I would be like, you're right. I would love to listen to you and hear you tell me more about that um, so that so that I understand your heart and so that I can help Jesus make sense to other people like you who are hurting. If you said you hate gay people because you're a Christian, I'm like, you are wrong, and right. I will I will not accept that accusation. That's yep. not true. Yep. 
So I think there's there's that back and forth. The what happens is this is anybody who has hijacked the name and the cause of Jesus, this is what you'll see with them. Number one, they they will add or subtract from the gospel. So they will say, uh, you got to follow Jesus and you got to follow these Mormon rules. Uh, or they'll subtract. Jesus loves you and it's okay if you also follow Buddha and you follow it because I'll rose lead to heaven. So they add and subtract. That is always automatically a false gospel. Number two, their approach to the Bible is going to be what can we take out of it as opposed to how can we get closer to the God within it? Mm, wow. So, so, so instead of saying um, the Bible says, you know, X, how can we, even though it's difficult and it's, it's hard to understand, how can I weave that in my life? Because I really want to know. They'll look and say, the Bible says X. This is the five reasons why that doesn't count. Wow. Okay. Yeah. A third thing that you'll see in, in uh, somebody who's hijacked the name and the cause of Jesus is they will use it for their personal gain. Mm-hmm. So this is different, and this is an, ac- this is an accusation. Um, <clears throat> people will say, uh, well, you get paid to be a pastor. I'm like, right, God's people care for me. They don't ever feel like I'm using them. Mm-hmm. And I have never looked at them and said, if you don't pay me, God won't bless you or love you. Right. When someone looks at you and says, if I don't get a $65 million jet, the gospel cannot, and, and only I can use it, and, and uh, only I can and see what God has done. So when we're, and so send in your last 50 cents, and I'll pray over this thing for you. So a false teacher uses the gospel. Mm-hmm. The Apostle Paul says, if you serve the gospel, the gospel should provide for you. It's a very, very different thing. Meeting somebody's needs and them sucking money out of you is a very, very different thing. And then the the last thing that I've noticed a lot with people (coughs) who uh, um, hijack the name of the cause of Christ is they have no accountability. Mm. So it's it's where I won't accept the accusation. This guy, he's the pastor. His wife's the co-chairman of the board. His son's on the board. They set their own... like Like here at Grace... I have a board of non-pastors, we call them elders, they can fire me. Right. I can't stop that from happening. I don't set my own salary. And I have actually, because of all the scandals, uh, and because I'm a pastor of a megachurch, and I don't want to be caught in anything or, or be accused, I actually have no personal way to access the money of the church. I don't carry a church credit card. Mm. I don't have, I have no way to do it. I... The only way that I can do that is um, if I receive a paycheck or I turn in a receipt and get reimbursed, Mm. right? So when there's no accountability, like, where does it go? Like, our church just was—we get audited every year. Yeah. So if you were like, where's the money go? We're like, well, it goes here, Mm -hmm. like we said it was going to. There's no accountability, Um Anytime accountability is wanted or asked for, you're run off. How dare you speak to the man of God that way? And then you'll see all the abuses that mm-hmm. comes with that. And that's also true of biblical authority. Sure. There's no account. I said you must do it because the Lord spoke to me and told I'm like, well, show me in the Bible mm-hmm. for real. And 
So you start looking for stuff like that, and 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 in these crusades, and the cringy parts, and all this all this stuff, you're going to start finding that stuff really, really quickly. Sure. Um, and uh, and your radar should go up really, really fast. You come to like a healthy church like Grace. Grace may not be for you. What our goals are may not be for you. But we're not going to, like, say, uh, well, then you're out of the family of God. Right. We'll be like, yeah, well, we just think of things differently or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. so it's just, it's a, you know it when you see it and when you interact with it, kind yeah. of. That's really good. And I think there's so many lessons here that we're kind of walking through that can be applied to a lot of different arenas of our life. But it's just so important when we look at God and we see who he is, um, we have hopes and dreams about what we hope his people are like, and it's good to kind of be slowed down, humbled, and be soberly reminded of what we're actually all doing here together. So yeah. it's really, really helpful. Well, if our listeners, if you guys have uh, any questions you'd like us to address on the podcast, you can always do that. Uh, it's fun to engage where you are all at and the questions running through your mind. You can do that at bath.gracechurches.org slash mixed messages. And of course, if we can help you in any way, take unique next steps in your faith and your journey with God, we'd love to help you do that as well. If you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more of it, make sure you subscribe, follow, rate, and review our podcast. And if you're looking for a church home on the weekend and you're in the area, we'd love to have you join us in person. Or, of course, if you're checking us out online to see what's going on, that's great, too. Well, thank you so much for jumping in with us today as we continue to seek God's voice through all the mixed messages around us. We'll see you next time.